Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Carol Tunnel Better Parenting Show. For the next hour, be prepared to be blown away as Carol shares some amazing tips and how-tos that are guaranteed to revolutionize your parenting experience. Each week, Carol brings her innovative, hands-on approach to parenting using the unique model of energy profiling, her vast knowledge of natural healing methods, and her passion and drive to help you become the best parent you can be. Carol's hope is that you will be able to say, I am a better parent thanks to Carol Tuttle and what she teaches. Carol is the mother of five grown children who all turned out to be pretty amazing people and are now becoming parents of their own, giving Carol the chance to become an even better grandparent. Welcome to today's show. morning. Thanks for your patience as I was um, getting a little more time to get on a line. I am traveling today and I'm grateful that everything worked out and I'm able to be with you this morning because I'm very excited to talk about today's topic, how to help your children develop their secondary natures. And I want to... I'm going to go ahead and jump right into that to the fact that we're a little bit late getting started this morning. This is the Better Parenting Show with Carol Tuttle, and you can find the basis of my work. If you go to the carolblog.com, you'll actually find a lot of posts that will introduce you to the variety of work that I present to the world. And this show is based on the model I call energy profiling that I developed. It is a profiling tool that helps assesses our true nature based on four types of energetic expression or movement. And the show is dedicated to helping parents understand the true nature of their children and to teach them parenting approaches and methods that will help them raise their children true to their nature so that they can live true to their natural gifts and talents and have a really successful life without the shame and the contradiction that we take on in our childhood when we are not raised true to our nature because our parents didn't understand our nature. And also the the primary default for parents is they will parent true to their nature, whatever which of the four types they lead with, believing that is the best way to parent because it's their natural expression and tendency and they'll default to that when that can be problematic for their children because parents then are more inclined expect their children to be like them when if they're a different type, they're naturally going to be in conflict with that. And I do believe that the basis of most discipline comes from the parenting approaches that are contradictive to the children. The children aren't able to respond with cooperation because it's not instinctively supportive to them and therefore there needs to be then a disciplinary approach which, you know, we're two steps into the the wrong direction with that right away. And then when you're disciplining a child because they're not responding from a place of cooperation because of what the parenting approach is, 
not as supportive to that child. The child's kind of getting the brunt of it all. So it's my hope with the work that I'm creating in this show, this weekly podcast, and the book that I'm writing, and then a lot of other online resources that will be developed in my better parenting world, and I'm going to be able to help take people back to the origin of where it's all going down the wrong path, and it's in the parenting approach. So this is a, a show that's very proactive in teaching parenting approaches that honor your child's true nature. And then the successes are numerous, very high success rate when you follow this model. The only thing you're going to have to get used to is a lot more harmony and joy in your family and cooperative children. And we really can get rid of the whole terrible tooth thing and all the the labels that we've given because those are all, those have all um, come out because of the parenting approaches that aren't working for the different types. But today's topic is how to help your children develop their secondary natures. And I want to preface, preface this with the thought that your children may already be living more in their secondary nature than is supportive to them for a few reasons. One, you've not understood their dominant nature, which are the four types they lead with, and so you've been, your parenting approach may have already suggested to them it's not okay to be who you are. And so they default to their secondary nature because if you're not supported in being in your most true expression of self, we repress it. It doesn't feel safe. It doesn't get acknowledged. Our needs don't get met. So in my self, the world of self-help that I work in, it's full of adults that have overdeveloped their secondary natures in order to uh, avoid being shamed, thinking that would be the best way to go, but they're not happy people. They're depressed, they're they're not... um, You may be one of those people listening to this right now that you're not... Let you know there's just something in you that tells you you're not living true to yourself and you're accommodating. And you learn to do that because you learn to default to your secondary energies. So the goal here is that once you have this information and you're doing a really good job supporting your children and living true to their primary nature, their dominant type, you're going to be able then supplement and complement that with helping them develop their secondary nature because they are important aspects of our humanness, our human nature, and the whole mix of who we are. They teach that we have all four types, all four movements in us that express in human nature. Our secondary natures are meant to be supporting roles. They're meant to help create balance and more wholeness. I've often been asked if we're meant to develop all four types equally. I don't believe that we are at this point. We've never learned to get along with the various differences in ourselves in leading with our dominant. So if we all just become basically the same human, there's no achievement there. We're we're here to learn to cooperate. We're here to learn all of these different energies and movements and expressions be honored rather than judged, just like in the world of the nature kingdom, where in my book, It's Just My Nature, I teach that that is the place, that is the that is the, the world within our world, that these four movements get along beautifully in full cooperation. 
and that is a model for us and we we relate to that once we're given the eyes and the lens to see it we go oh wow mother nature is done a great job parenting these four movements in the world of nature because they all get along they all cooperate so the first question to ask yourself might be, how do I know my child's secondary nature? Well, once I have my book out in the fall, I'm titling it The Child Whisperer, How to Effectively Raise a Child True to Their Nature, you'll be able to have in one place access to the qualities, tendencies, expressions of all four types. And I think you'll pretty easily see which is your child's secondary nature as their complementary qualities in their personality and their behavior tendencies and their thought and feeling processes. They're not the dominant expressions, but I would call them complementary qualities, characteristics that are expressed in the different aspects of their human nature that we capture in the energy profiling model. Body language um, and physical traits as well. So, in this show, I'm going to just review this briefly so that you can get started on it, start to consider this. And you want to help them develop those qualities because they're going to give them more balance in their being, in their natural expression. I'm a type 3 with a secondary 4 and a lot of 1 in there. And I think my 1 got squashed as a kid because it certainly comes out in various settings. And it's certainly qualities in myself that I see, because I'm always a very idea-oriented person. I have a lot of ideas. But I would I would still stand by the fact that my secondary is a type 4, because I have a very strong ability to get focused, very, very focused, and, and operate um, within a certain amount of structure without it being too... too confining, but I have my limits there, I will say. And I overdeveloped my secondary nature. I actually defaulted to it so much that I lost touch as my type tree being my primary expression as a child because it wasn't appropriate or safe for a little girl that was born in the time I was. There was no reference to the movement of me, that type three, being female, Now, I want to mention something that's come up in our world, and I'm going to use this as a reference, too. We hosted our club night just last Thursday night, and it was a wonderful first event in our new space in Utah. And so there were several new, new things going on, new space, which was fabulous. And then we introduced a new Type 3 expert, uh, my daughter's sister-in-law, our Type 1 expert, Marcy Brown's daughter, Anna Kay. And Anna Kay is full of life. She's a 3-1. Her type 1 is very expressive in her. It's very amazing and beautiful. And and I love being with this woman. She's so open. She's so loving. She's so accepting of, of everyone. She was raised by a woman who honored her children in every way and allowed them to be who they are. And Anna Kay got very excited, and and she had a lot of her type 1 come out in our event in the spot that she handled in 
there was a lot of laughter and a lot of um it was just very engaging. I, I just felt the energy, and it was just very, it fed us all. It was beautiful energy. You know, since we posted the recording, there's been a few comments in our members, from our members, that it was too much, that it pushed their buttons. It was uncomfortable for them. And I want to speak to that here because it was her secondary nature that really ramped up her type 3. It really gave it a lot of oomph. Those two, a 3-1 is probably the strongest, highest movement it can be. You take a push-forward, determined energy and back it with a very um, high movement, um, kind of just upward light. It's a very strong movement that was not recognized in the female population of the past, and I don't think it's recognized yet either. I think I'm going to be the one to introduce it to the world and to humanity to say, this is also feminine, and this is also appropriate. But when anyone pushes our buttons, I just want to throw this in here because I think I feel strongly, I feel such a responsibility to really perpetuate love and harmony in our community and to I keep opening people's awarenesses and and their ahas and their I get it and that I I see the goodness in you which allows me to know and see the goodness in me. It's the whole namaste principle. Uh, anytime our buttons are pushed by another person, there's an opportunity there to look at ourselves. It's really just a mirror. And the mirror is saying to us, what you're showing what you're showing me that's stirring things up in me is something I am judging in myself. And whenever we make the comment about another person, they're too much and they're our same type, I would suggest to you that you were told that when you were little. You're too much and you need to stop it. So whenever you counter your child's primary nature, type ones when you say settle down, you're too much. Type twos, you say hurry up, you're you're just too slow. Type threes when you say calm down, I can't take it in, you know, you got to stop it. Type fours when you say you're too serious, lighten up. You are telling your child not to be themselves and you're telling them to be their secondary energy. You're basically saying, don't be who you really are. Be the next energy you are. Or even three levels, three levels into it. It's called your tertiary movement. I mean, a lot of people that have shut down their dominant and second energies and they're living in their third. It's because they were hit so big with your inappropriate. All those little comments that children hear in the first six years of life send a message of acceptance and unconditional love or it's not okay for you to be you. And in this situation that um, has been brought to my attention in our world, in our Dressing Your Truth world, in our community members area, where people are free to post and share, very, very rare that we have posts of this of this um, 
lifestyle. Almost nearly every post is one of love, acceptance, support, camaraderie, which is very rare in the world of beauty, um, quite honestly, because women are taught to compete against each other when it comes to their beauty. It's like we have to compete against each other to have a man. This is my. This is the culture that we've come from, most of us. You are my competition, and I must beat you at that competition so you that I have a man pick me. So that's all got to go. That's old. That's harmful to us as women. So for those women that made the comments in the members area, I just invite you to consider that that was said to you as you were little and that you've drawn on your secondary energies to help manage and keep in control your dominant expression. And I'd invite you to let go of that and live your life and the truth of who you are to the fullest. And enough said about that. Let's get into children develop their secondary nature. Well, the first step is you have to determine what it is. And again, bring your children into this conversation. Have them watch the online profiling course. At this time, introduce them to my book, It's Just My Nature. It's what it says until we have the parenting book. It does the job. Children relate to that book, too. You can find both at myenergyprofile.com. The first you need to determine with your child's input, and if they're old enough, and they're and they're uh, being involved in this and giving you feedback, what they think their secondary nature is. And usually there's qualities in their personality, their behavior tendencies, their thoughts and feeling processes that they're going to identify with. So you're going to be able to start to identify those characteristics And then you want to start honoring them. That would be the second thing. You want to support them in being that. So again, you want to validate those expressions in them that they offer you so that they can start to trust them themselves and feel supported by them. And so recognition, praise, validation, and and the phrases that you use. Let's say you have a well, I use the example of a. I, I've decided type three one children is probably given the label to the terrible twos or one threes. That combination. I have that grandson. He's a two, and if he were to be put in certain situations where he's going to be engaged by the various things he wants to touch and get into and explore he's going to be deemed he's overly active, but he's not. So we just, Jenny has to watch the environments that he's placed in. So in that case of being that combination, you said, I love how active you are. I love how you love to explore new things and the determination you have and the creative energy that comes through you. I love your cheeriness and the hope that you bring. You're such a adventurous, bright-eyed little child. Thank you for your powerful energy you bring to this to our family and to this world. You're such a gift. 
So I'm going to actually, I think this would, um, these are some phrases that you could add to, I don't want to go through each combination because there's like too many for me to talk about each one, two, one, three, one, four. So I'm going to just take each of the types and speak to it as, as if it were your child's secondary. So if your child's secondary is type one, you're going to notice that they have that cuteness about them at times, that sparkle, that animated quality that comes in. They don't lead with it because they don't lead with that bouncy, more random, spontaneous movement. But they have this quality of being cute and animated. And I'd call the energy sparkly. And that comes out at times where it's just fun. There's a fun-loving quality about them. They might bring that out when they're with they're it's going to be more expressed when they're with type ones but where are you going to see this in their world you know they're going to just want to make sure things don't get too heavy so maybe in family gatherings they'll or they'll try and make you laugh a little bit they'll they'll try and lighten the mood make sure that you're feeling happy just little qualities that they have that just kind of are cheery, cheeriness about them and their conversations with you. They enjoy creative expressions and they like little animated things and they draw. Maybe they add that to their doodles or maybe they love stuffed animals and talking to them. They get older. You're going to see it in there. They're drawn to clothing and and those things that have animation or sparkles, especially little girls, they really bring that to their um, experience. They're drawn to it just naturally. It's not their primary expression. It's just a little added. It starts to come out. You start to notice it. They have that quality of funness. My mom has a secondary one, and she's just cute. She just, you notice her her lighter energy at times, her playfulness. It definitely leads with her type two. So just noticing those qualities of expression that come out here and there. You go, oh, that's their type one. And I want to acknowledge that in them. You say, I love that about you, that you just add this feeling of lightness. Thank you for wanting to make sure I'm happy. I know how important that is to you. I appreciate that you have this part of who you are. And if you start to notice that takes over and they're living more from that, you don't feel it's really who they are and they're not living true to their dominant, reassure them that it's safe to be who they really are, whatever their dominant type is, and then speak in words of praise and recognition to their dominant type. It's really important for them to trust who they really are, who God made them to be, and to continue to allow themselves to be their primary self, their dominant type. 
So you're going to have to notice that as a parent so that you can continue to support your child in living true to their true nature and their secondary being a complement to it. If you have a child with a secondary type 2, it's the softness that they bring to things, the sensitivity. I don't believe it creates them to be subtle, but it's more that it's soft, they bring us, it softens and adds a sensitivity to their characteristics. So, you know, actually, I'm going to back up. I'm going to say, I'm going to add, I'm going to give you two things that you'll notice in their secondary. So for type 1, it would be that they, the quality that they bring, if they have a secondary type 1, is that they bring this animated, they bring in an animated expression on occasion, and they can become very playful. A playful animated quality. For type twos, a softer, sensitive quality that adds to their primary type, their dominant, their dominant type. And you're going to see that in how they, you're going to see that they can be very caring and sensitive, and maybe a little more snuggly as babies. They'll um, be aware of people's feelings and want to make sure that. People's feelings are taken, treated properly, that they're not hurt people's feelings, that we're not hurting other people's feelings. They're very aware if people's feelings get hurt. They don't like seeing that. They're going to just be a little softer in their expression. They're going to not necessarily talk softer, but just be, it's like it softens their dominant type a bit. So if their dominance is type 1, it will soften that a bit. If it's their dominance is type 3, it will soften that. If their dominance is type 4, it will soften that a bit. So it's a softening of their dominant type. And a sensitivity to the whole emotional experience that we're having that you're going to notice. You want to make sure you praise them for that and say thank you for you have a softness, you know, that you're a very sensitive little child or teenager, whatever age they're at. Thank you for your sensitivities and how you care so much about others. You want to make sure that they feel good about themselves and that their feelings aren't hurt. And when you feel like, when you notice that somebody's feelings are hurt, you really want to help them feel better. Thank you for being so sensitive to those things. So that they'll have just a little more orientation to the emotional experience and having a sensitivity to it. Now, if the dominance type, their secondary type three, you're going to notice a little bit more determination and a result, an orientation to wanting to get results. That they have this quality of they're able to, that little bit of a push that backs up their dominant, that they, that they do like to take on challenges. Not like a type three does, but just a secondary quality of that that they're they do like challenges, that determination to go after a challenge, and that they have that tendency to be 
driven kind of a, a quality of wanting to get things done and get results. So I'd say determination and results would be the two catchwords, keywords that would model their secondary expression really backing up their primary. And that's when you want to make sure, because our world is so results-oriented, you want to make sure they don't override their primary nature, especially if they're a one or a two with that secondary three. Because we we, we tend to praise children a lot for results when it comes to chores, homework, uh, sports. We're so results-oriented that children can begin to believe, wow, I... They need to get results to have value. That's the whole putting our value on our doings, not our being, that is really a misdirect in our childhood. So, again, you want to validate your children for just being who they are. Results are second to their beingness. And so if there's a secondary type three, you start to go, wow, I get a lot of value out of the results. You know, I'm going to... I need to play on that more. I need to depend on that more. And you don't want that to happen because they'll just, especially if they're a one or a two, they're going to just get, it causes a lot of physical problems as they mature, overweight, stress on the body, takes away their, their real ability for happiness. So with a type with the secondary type three, just praise those qualities but really reinforce their dominant expression at the same time. I, you know, you're so good at getting things done. You know, I love how you can really put your mind to something and go for it when you've made that decision. It's right. But this all needs to be supplemented, a supplementary praise that's led with their dominant and I will have a lot of affirmations in my new book of how to praise your child's dominant type. And these are secondary expressions that need to be combined with that. Now, for type four, I would say the two words that would describe their, what qualities they bring to their their dominant expression and their secondary nature is, I have a son, is a 2-4, he has that um, ability to see the bigger picture, this keen eye to step back and see the bigger picture The type 4s have. And then he has this ability to, I would say their um, ability for perfecting is added in there. My secondary 4 really allows me to see the bigger picture and to add a quality of perfecting things, but not to the point of type four, we're not, not a type, not, natu- not as much as a type four would in their primary nature. But it's quality that supported me throughout my life. So I would say that keen eye and that perfecting and ability to perfecting I don't like to use the word perfection and perfectionist 
those have given too many negative labels through the years. So I would say that gift of perfecting the world. And again, the phrases that you could add to affirm this in your child to the others that you will you use to affirm their dominant nature is you have such a gift for seeing for seeing the bigger picture. You have such a keen eye for noticing and being very thorough about your world and, and things in our family. Thank you for sharing that. And I love how you want things to just to help things become better and, and more beautiful for people. And remember, don't let that get in the way to enjoy what is right now and to feel the fulfillment of what already has been created and experienced. That's a real key thing. You don't want that perfecting quality because, again, that can get a lot of praise in our world. That that's the preferred characteristic in a personality of someone that they have those expressions and it's not. And so make sure that it's balanced. You honor your children so that they feel they don't have to become too much of one thing to get the praise the validation and the recognition they need. And that's kind of a um, a bonus from the Today's Radio Show is that whole idea of are you praising your children's doing so much that they're believing that's it's their doings that get them recognition and get that need met of being important, you know, being said, you're important, I love you. Are you praising them enough just from who they are, the being of who they are, so that they really, really get the message, I'm loved because I'm me, not because of what I do? So it's kind of a bonus to today's radio show so that you can really look at that and see if that is where you're at or how are you doing with that. Okay, so back to the type four, that keen eye and that ability for perfecting the world. They bring that to the things they do. They bring that to the world they live in. They set standards for themselves and they have an ability to meet those standards more readily because of their um, tendency to expect more of themselves in that secondary four. And so, again, those affirmations, those words of praises, I love how you do expect a lot of yourself and I want you to know that your love just the way you are. How can I support you in achieving what you want to achieve? I just want to make sure that you don't place your value on that. I want to support you in the expression of yourself. I just also want to, as your parent, I want to make sure you know you're loved no matter what. So there's a very beautiful balancing act in how you do express your affirmations especially in a world that honors so much of our doing and our perfecting and our the qualities of type threes and fours are really the most honored and recognized in the adult world. So those would be my um, recommendations for how to notice the secondary nature in your children and then some supportive way, some affirmations and phrases to use in support of them to get you looking at the bigger picture of your child's secondary nature. 
So I uh, encourage you to explore this more on your own. I've kind of got you thinking about it. I've taken most of the show to do this. I'm actually going to just, I have a couple written in questions I'm going to um, take today. And I'm not going to open the, because we were late getting started and there was more to talk about and today's topic and some other things that came up. I'm going to just answer a couple uh, questions that were written to me through parenting at liveyourtruth.com. And next week we'll look forward to more live callers. So with that, let me get to my uh, questions that I had come in. This was sent to me from a mother who is a type 1. She says, I have homeschooled my four girls for five plus years. This year I sent my second nine-year-old type 3 to school in January because of the constant conflict she was causing in the home with her sisters and myself. I was also concerned about her health because she was exhibiting intense anxiety, socially, socially car sickness, and was only eating about five or six different things. I felt my relationship with her was unhealthy, and I was the cause of many of these symptoms. Since she has been in school, she seems healthier. She doesn't complain as much about riding in cars. I rarely hear about anxiety. However, she still will not eat many foods, and she seems a bit angry. She does not want to go to school next year, but we have not resolved things between us. I am concerned things will return to the same unbearable state they were in before. But I can't see how to clear my issues with her. What do you suggest? Alrighty, what I'm going to suggest is this nine-year-old being homeschooled did not have enough space in her world to express her threeness. Being homeschooled, nothing against homeschooled, it's a great thing, but I think it's a bit containing a bit confining for a type 3 nine-year-old. Now, what's going on with her, the reason she's saying she doesn't want to go back to school is she feels like she's a failure at homeschooling. She's like the one kid in the mix. We are four girls. She's kind of like, oh, I couldn't do homeschooling. I've got to go to... It's kind of like school, and I don't know how you talk about the traditional school system because I know it can be. The situation that it's kind of deemed to be the lesser experience, homeschooling is more superior. Um, we kind of put hierarchy, we put hierarchy on so many things. So if she's picked up on that at all, if that's happened at all, that going to public school is somehow the lesser experience, she's going to feel like the loser kid and go, I don't want to be the loser kid that can't handle homeschooling. So you need to clean that up if that's been presented to her, even if it's done, been done, um, you know, in, in these kind of side conversations. We teach our children a lot of things about how to judge the world. We teach our children how to judge by the conversations we have, not because we sit them down and say, okay, we want you to believe that going to public school is um, has less value than being homeschooled. They're going to pick up on it. We teach our children how to be judgmental. So the first, you've got to clean that up so she doesn't feel like she is this lesser child. And being homeschooled, there's not enough outlets for her energy. And this energy gets pent up and it turns into anxiety, which she's exhibiting to you. She has intense anxiety. You just said it, was exhibiting intense anxiety because her more active, reactive nature was building up, creating an intense buildup in her own system because she doesn't have the physical outlets to get out of the house, explore her world, have an adventure, 
and see how she can operate in it. And public school is going to give her that adventure because it's going to be a lot of a lot of opportunities to explore other people, uh, new experiences, adventure. Homeschool is not adventurous enough. It's like I am tired of sitting around here at home kind of feeling for a type three. Type three needs to get need to be supported in getting out into their world. Is she in any sports? Is she in anything that has some quality of being competitive to teach her to develop her competitive nature in a healthy way so that winning's not the best, it's just fun. It's just fun to challenge yourself, not because she's better if she wins, but just because it allows her to develop her attributes of of wanting to be challenged on all levels, physically especially. So thank you, Chris, for your question. I hope this really helps you look at your daughter in a new light and see that a couple things going on here that you can help shift for her and help her feel really honored in whatever school experience that I really do feel, though, that, that the the um, public school really supports a type three. Okay, I have another question that was sent in by Chris. And Chris, this is particularly to, this is more coming from a child asking how to handle a situation with a parent. I don't know if she's, how old this person is, so but I thought it was valuable to address it. She says, I am a one-two. My sister and mom are probably four-three or three-four. They don't understand me, and I don't understand them. Okay, right away, I want to tell you, Chris, you need to change that because that's going to create what you don't want. So I'd encourage you to now write a new affirmation for yourself. I am grateful that my mom mom and my sister understand me and they're growing in their understanding of me and I am understanding them better and better each day. Okay? Because right there you're going to set yourself up to get what you don't want. So why are they why are they so critical of me and don't care if they hurt my feelings? Well, the fact that you believe that is going to generate more of that. So if you change your belief, you're going to change how they treat you. And she says, I don't even want to be around my mom or sister anymore. It is ripping our family apart. My mom is 83 and needs both of us sisters to cooperate. But it is becoming so hard for me to be around these two who think they are the ultimate authority of how I should be living my life and don't hesitate to tell me what I should be doing and what they think of my husband. They lack empathy or kindness. How do I deal with them? They dislike it when I act like a type 1 and hurt my feelings as a type 2. How can I grow a tougher skin so I can help my elderly mother without feeling emotionally attacked by her and my sister? Um, This is from an adult, but I still like the question because I think it will help. I love that energy profiling is not age-specific. So I love that this will help parents, children, everybody. The goal here is not to grow a tougher skin. The first step is to change your beliefs and clear your own issues that you can't be accepted in your true nature. You're believing that. Now, you very likely could have been treated that way as a child, but you're still carrying that old program, and you need to clear it. And I'd encourage you to go to the Carol Tuttle Healing Center. You can get there through caroltuttle.com, and you do the energy profiling clearings. And you clear them for yourself, and then you pretend you're your mom. And you do the clearing, I don't like your type, pretending you're your mom and your sister. Imagine you're being them, and you do it. You do it from their perspective. Then you, ma- then you 
become yourself again and you clear it for yourself. You gotta clear up this energy. This energy is just on autopilot. It's old stuff. And when you clear the energy, you create a you have all the new affirmations, you imagine yourself being them. You say all the new affirmations that you'll find on the on the actual videos. The healing center has got the videos, their sessions that you'll go through. Be them. Imagine you're them saying now taking on a new belief about who you are. Do the same for yourself, that you now see them with the new belief. And I give you all the wording and everything right there on the, on the healing center. That you proxy them. You open this energy up for everybody. You can do that. And you let it all start to open up and new love come in. New love and acceptance. New support. Because that's how powerful you are. And that's how much this wants to shift. Because we really want to start loving each other and stop judging each other on this planet. It's really getting old. So I invite you to do that and really open the space for you, your mom, and your sister. Take on that role. Take on that opportunity and really open it up. And beautiful things are going to happen for the three of you. And you're going to go, wow, this really works. And anyone else that's listening to this that needed to hear this that has something similar go on, going on, you know where to go. Go to the Carol Tuttle Healing Center and start getting that work done. So thank you. You know, I, I take these new topics on because I need this content for my book. And I'll be honest, I don't do a lot of preparation. I let it come in the moment. A lot of my work comes to me as I start to speak of it. I start to bring it through me. It already is there. I believe that in every fiber of my being. That The things that I teach that ring true to you, they come from higher realms. They come from places where they already exist in spirit. And my job is to vessel them into you, to this, this dimension, into this experience, to be that voice for them, to be the one that brings them into this realm, into this experience. So today, you'll notice when I'm on a new topic, um, I'm really plugging in and I have to really open my mind and open my, my speech slows down, my expression gets a little slower. So just notice that I'm connecting i'm i'm letting things get organized within me to come through to to be shared to get in touch with so thank you for your patience as i do my thing and i go through my process to allow this information to be formed to come into form so we can all benefit from it i'm really grateful for that i'm grateful that we have this time together and next week we'll be together again no, I'm off next week, actually. I'm taking a week off. So two weeks, we'll be together again. Send your questions to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Thank you for listening to today's show, whether you listen live or you listen to the recording. It's always a great blessing to me that I can be someone that you are listening to so I can hopefully make a difference in your life. I love and appreciate you so much. Thank you. For more information on Carol's revolutionary energy profiling system and her natural healing methods, 
Go online to Carol's blog at www.thecarolblog.com where you can learn more about purchasing her groundbreaking energy profiling book, It's Just My Nature, and her best-selling energy healing book, Remembering Wholeness. That's www.thecarolblog.com for all of Carol Tuttle's amazing resources. To submit questions to Carol Tuttle's Better Parenting Show, email your questions to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. That's parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Thank you for being part of today's show.